We all get it. Postpartum and the years after having a baby is no walk in the park. But you know what? It isn't just about depression or anxiety either. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, homesteading mama with four wild kids, whose life passion and education is all about supporting mothers and providers and understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. What we know as common sense in the postpartum years has many women feeling just plain awful. It's time to bring back the truth, get you the tools you need to heal, and thrive in motherhood and beyond. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. You are in for a very special treat. Recently, I had the privilege of interviewing seven incredible women, and I'm going to be sharing with you these interviews over the next several podcasts. And this was actually an interview series that we did when we had our nourishing postpartum retreat, which happened this last September and an effort to launch our brand new postpartum university. So you're seeing all of the transition happening on our podcast and on our Instagram and all of the things. And to bring that transition and just to really celebrate that, we had these incredible speakers join us for the Nourishing Postpartum Retreat. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and share with you this retreat interviewee and enjoy. I am incredibly excited to bring to you today's interview with Alisa Callahan. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's certified intuitive eating counselor. She's an author of the Mindful Eating Journal and founder and CEO of Nourished with Kindness. And she specializes in several topics that we are not used to hearing about in the postpartum period, but we should all be very, very well aware of. And that includes eating disorders, binge eating, emotional eating, body image, and so, so much more, especially in the things that come up in the postpartum period. So Alisa and I are going to be talking in depth about how the first step to nourishing our mind and soul is through food what you need to know about food trauma and disordered eating and postpartum and how absolutely incredibly popular and common this is within our clients and within our our own journeys and how breaking the barriers to discover intuition and how to use that with food and beyond. This is an amazingly important conversation And as you're listening in today, I want you to really be considering how you can address your client's nutrition and eating. And if that's not something that you have done in the past, how can you do so in a way that feels aligned with your work? Let's, of course, bring this conversation to the Facebook group in the postpartum circle. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss how we can do this and better serve our clients. And as you'll hear here in this session, it's incredibly important and the conversation gets really deep really quick. So stay tuned, have your pen and paper handy and enjoy. 
Welcome, Alisa. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And you are speaking here. You're you're an expert on a topic that is my expertise. I am incredibly passionate about this. You are too. We had an amazing conversation through a mutual friend who introduced us and was like, oh my gosh, you have to meet. Um, And so that's where that relationship has come from, you guys. But we are so in tune with so much of what we share. And I can't wait to share with everyone a little bit more about all of the things. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking with you again and and to chat about our our mutual interests. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive in right away. Nourishment is like the foundational part of healing, right? And in this retreat, we're talking about nourishment well beyond food, but we we just we we seriously cannot forget about the actual sustenance of food, the fruit of the earth, right? Which in reality is the first true step to healing and full body rejuvenation. Like you cannot mm-hmm. nourish your mind and your soul without first meeting your own physical needs. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe you can touch a bit on this as an expert on intuition and nutrition and really how you came into this work. So kind of a twofold question here. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, it's such a great point because we have to be nourishing our body adequately really before, you know, we we can focus on any of these higher needs. Like you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like, right. Like food, shelter, safety, like these are basic things. If we don't meet these needs, we can't focus on anything else. And that's where sometimes we see like some stopping points where, people just can't kind of break through. And it's like, well, are you having enough? Do you have access to enough food? Are you, are you nourished? And that's a really important piece of it because you can't eat intuitively if you are not kind of able to meet your needs. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of does tie into how I got into the field. I got into the field originally I'm a second career dietitian and I really wasn't ready for it. Like when I did, you know, my first undergrad work um, and I wanted to become a dietitian because I struggled with an eating disorder in my teenage years and really was working on a lot of healing with my relationship with food and my body. And then kind of after being in the work, (laughs) in the working field for, you know, a handful of years, uh, realized that I wanted to go and, and help people and figure out how to kind of, I had worked with a therapist and a dietitian through my recovery. And I'm like, how do I do what, a, what did they do on me <laughs> to help me heal to how does, how do I learn how to do that and help other people? So that kind of helped me and, and really what you learn, um, especially through eating disorder recovery, or even just recovery from disordered eating or chronic dieting is that, um, you really can't, uh, your, when your brain's kind of not functioning optimally because, you know, you, you've been yo-yo dieting, you've been restricting, you've been over-exercising, you have a not great relationship with food in your body. It's really hard to be able to 
like be able to then make time for self-care and make time for yourself and work on your mental health and all these different things because you know your your basic kind of needs aren't met and and that was definitely something that was a struggle it makes it even harder when you're struggling with like an eating disorder if that makes sense because you're not you're not meeting your needs and and that meeting your needs makes your mental health and your self-care and your self-worth worse, which then in turn makes you fall more into your eating disorder, which then, you know, and it's like, I guess, uh, so I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it absolutely does. And I'm so glad that you are bringing this up because, you know, birth and postpartum, it's its own kind of space, right? We have to totally. honor our healing. We have to get the proper nutrition in order to heal. And yeah. the other things that, you know, we are going through in the transformation of becoming a mother, no matter if it's for the first or the, the 15th, right? And no matter what that number is, it's a, it's a process. And if we are not nourishing ourselves, if we're not getting the sleep that we need, if we don't have the support systems in place, those are the three foundations. Then it's like everything else becomes that much more complicated. Like we can't even hold a conversation with our partner without life falling apart. Right. Absolutely. You added another component to this and that is eating disorders. And maybe you can share a statistic Mm -hmm. on that because I think as postpartum professionals and, and birth workers who are here serving women, we need to really understand that if we're working with food and hopefully everyone is working with food here, um, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we, we need to understand what this means, right. To the Mm -hmm. women that we're serving. So maybe share a little bit about how, you know, eating disorders and whatnot affect women and their relationship with food. Absolutely. I mean, we see all sorts of statistics about, you know, girls, you know, younger than 10 who, are more afraid of, you know, quote unquote, getting fat than they are of almost anything else. And girls like actively pursuing, you know, some disordered behavior, skipping meals, skipping snacks, avoiding certain foods, even, you know, before they've even reached puberty yet. And really dieting and and some of those disordered behaviors are the biggest risk factor for developing an eating disorder. Um, and I think as women, you know, I tell this to clients all the time, cause we're talking about, well, what does recovery mean? You know, I don't know that there's a lot of, of women who know other women who are like, I am a hundred percent happy with my body and I have no issues with food or movement or anything like that. Like it's honestly, even if you, you've never experienced, um, an eating disorder, usually you know someone who has or you have some kind of issues around food or your own body image and stuff because it's so ingrained in in our culture and then especially you know like you were talking when we reach pregnancy fertility and then postpartum we have all of those things are more likely to get triggered because my experience the women's healthcare field not super uh, friendly towards women and our overall health sometimes, and instead is telling us, well, you're only allowed to gain X number of pounds during pregnancy. You're supposed to get to whatever your, you know, pre baby weight is in a certain number of time. And that's so stressful 
in an experience that, like you said, we need to be focusing on taking care of ourselves as a whole person and not fixating on these, you know, and then, cause then you have also other pressures of like making sure that you're generating enough milk. If you're breastfeeding, making sure that you're learning, you know, make like slowly watching your baby's growth and you're kind of looking at all these different metrics and and that can make it really easy to fall into any thoughts and behaviors that existed previously around food and body image. And a lot of times, you know, women's health during pregnancy and postpartum is really drilled down to weight, which is not helpful and often not telling even close to the whole story about how is a woman doing. And when we have these existing neuropathways that are potentially really dangerous and critical around our physical body and our weight and how we're allowed to look and exist in the world. And then we get it to an experience where our body's changed, we're sleep deprived, we're maybe like just eating literally anything that we have access to the moment that our baby falls asleep, then, you know, you're more likely to have some of those older thoughts triggered and potentially fall into more disordered patterns. Not I, even counting what your hormones this. are doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the key point here and and talking about all of this is that you don't have to have, you know, anorexia in order to necessarily be someone who's experiencing disordered eating, right? Absolutely. The very idea that is placed into our heads by our providers, by our society, that we must be a certain weight or that we cannot gain, you know, X, Y, Z amount of weight, or that we have to lose all of this by a certain amount of time. That in itself is disordered thinking. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it causes us to restrict and be running on empty and then you know, we get overly hungry and we're tired and all of that causes intense cravings and it sets people up to whether it's binge or overdo it with foods. We get in these binge restrict cycles. We, you know, obsess over having to do physical activity and, you know, all of these things can be contributing to a negative relationship with food and body. And it doesn't, you know, there's so many, like you said, stereotypes about what does it mean to have an eating disorder? Just because you don't have an eating disorder necessarily like um, identifying in that way doesn't mean that you're not struggling and that your struggle with food and body image isn't valid and you don't deserve support around it. Absolutely. I was just working with a client last week who was telling me that she restricts foods, not on purpose, right? It wasn't something that she recognized she was doing on a purpose. And then as we were working together and going through all of this, she was like, I am, I'm realizing that I use food as a source of punishment. Right. Like I don't feed myself because I have to do all of these other things. And I'm so angry and so frustrated about all of this, right? It's, it's sometimes our way of controlling. And I see so many women, you know, postpartum depression, one of the many symptoms of postpartum depression is not eating because it's a way in which we can control. It's a, it's a Mm -hmm. factor in our life that we feel we actually have control over for many of us. And so disordered eating, you know, is not, it's, 
it's speaking to a very wide range of things. And most of everything that we're sharing here, I want to say too, is that it's not your fault. This is things that we are we are being taught over and over and over again by society, oh yes. by other mothers, by our providers, the people who we trust the most, right? It is embedded into our beings as young women, as young girls. Yeah. Our culture. Yes. As well. Culture. You, yeah, you make such good points. It's, it's not your fault. It's totally ingrained in our, you know, the way that we're taught to about health is that health and thinness are the same thing and they're not even close to the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, you, when you mentioned like postpartum anxiety and, and depression, also one of the side effects of anxiety and depression because of the stress reaction you're experiencing is suppressed hunger. I definitely work with people who have high levels of anxiety or high depression. They're just like, well, I never get hungry. And I'm like, yeah, it's a natural, it's a physiological reaction to the anxiety and the depression that you're feeling. However, it doesn't mean that your body doesn't need and deserve nourishment just because you don't currently feel hungry. You just have to kind of develop, you know, have what we call practical eating, just eating out of a sense of, I know my body needs nourishment. I know. I can't be connected to that feeling of hunger and fullness at this moment, but I do need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and putting myself first, you know, or like tied for first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. And, and so much of what we see, right. So much of what we see in this mainstream narrative, especially here on social media and, and in regard to proper nutrition, right, especially in postpartum, it's all very misleading and sometimes even downright harmful. And you had brought up in our last conversation together about how, how intuitive eating is kind of all played into this. And so yeah. I, I want you to share a little bit more about this conversation because I see so often like this, this conversation of intuitive eating be mm -hmm. just as harmful as a lot of the information that's out there on postpartum nutrition, because it's simply not just listening into your body and voila, you know, totally. all the answers that your yeah. body and all is okay. Yeah. Share a little bit more about what it is, what's the steps to get into a place where you can actually use intuition to shape yeah. the way you experience food. Yeah. Well, I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, so I'm completely aligned with intuitive eating and I believe in it wholeheartedly. And exactly like what you were saying, sometimes the message really, and the nuance of that message really kind of gets lost on something like social media. And it, you don't necessarily like see that there, you know, that, that there is a lot of, of, nuance, like we were talking about before, if somebody is feeling high levels of anxiety or depression, they can't necessarily tap into their hunger and fullness cues all the time. If their hormones are sometimes going a little wonky, our, our hunger and fullness cues might be thrown off in that way. And in that sense, we have to be aware that, you know, we deserve nourishment. We need to nourish our body. We need to eat regularly and how important that aspect is also access we might just be able to eat the food that's most available to us. Just like in with babies, they say fed is best. I think with mom, fed is best. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as long as you're trying to nourish yourself with the food that's available to you and you're thinking about, you know, just, just trying to keep yourself 
nourish, try to eat a variety of foods, you know, make sure that you're trying to get in, you know, the protein and the fiber and the carbohydrates and the fats, trying to get all of it in there. It, but it's not going to look perfect. And that's normal and that's fine. And just taking care of yourself and making sure that you're getting your needs met, the most important thing. It it absolutely is right. So much of our energy is spent beating ourselves up for what we should have done instead or what mainstream, you know, society or media or culture is telling us that we should have done. Mm. And none of that is helpful. And it only makes us feel significantly worse, not just emotionally, but also physically, right? It It has a complete impact on our body. Hey mama, if you feel like all that I'm sharing with you here today makes complete sense for you, know that you are certainly not alone. There is a better way and it starts with nutrition. Go to mirandabauer.com slash nutrition for your comprehensive postpartum nutrition plan specific for healing your mind, body, and hormones in the years after birth. Enjoy. And one of the points here that I want to take too, is that, you know, just being intuitive in your eating, like oftentimes intuition in itself can be really triggering because Mm. many of us grow up in a place where we thought we could trust our bodies and we didn't. A lot of us have abuse issues, Mm. right? One in four women are sexually abused where I live. It's astronomical, right? And so we look at the idea of using what we know about our body and using our intuition often sometimes feels wrong when we don't trust our bodies, we don't Mm -hmm. feel safe in our body. And we need to have this, this conversation around like, what if that is the situation, right? Because Mm -hmm. what you are indeed doing when you are quote unquote, using your intuition is, is not generally your intuition because of this trauma response, yeah, it could be your a trauma nervous response. system. Totally, your yeah. nervous system is usually the one making the decisions for you, and it's making the decisions out of how do I keep you safe? How yeah. do I keep you away from experiencing negative mm-hmm. feelings or feeling pain? Right, and so mm-hmm. we say it's intuition when really it's not. It's it's mm-hmm. a system trying to keep us in check, trying to keep us safe. And so, mm-hmm. how do we? get to the point where we're not operating in this nervous system regulated space, right? In this trauma space, mm-hmm. and we're able to begin allowing that to unfold into an intuition, into a feeling that actually feels good and that we can listen to it. And it's actually telling us something that we need to hear. Absolutely. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a dietitian, so I'm not a therapist and I'm not necessarily an expert in trauma. However, I definitely work with a lot of clients who experience trauma responses related to food or their bodies. Definitely. And, and, you know, if somebody is going through trauma involving feeling unsafe in their body, feeling really disconnected in their body due to a sexual trauma or any kind of trauma, I just, you know, want to send them love and support and encourage them to seek support from a therapist or a counselor to be able to process that because it's not their fault. And it's not necessarily something that you can just will away or, or, or heal over time, you know, 
trauma. We all experience trauma to varying degrees, and there's no shame in needing to process your trauma, especially if it's, you know, connected to your body, your body's your home. And so if you're having, if you experience trauma in your home, you know, you, you deserve the the right to process that and to heal. So I just want to say that. Yeah. Well, I always recommend, like you're saying, when you're kind of stuck in your nervous system, you're in that fight or flight response, definitely utilizing your grounding techniques. It's actually also grounding techniques and mindful meditation are also really helpful for GI issues as well, because when, you know, when we're in a fight or flight response, like digestion's not happening, or it can, it can be triggering um, some, some digestive responses that we're not not super happy with because our, our muscles are either tightening or they're spasming. And, and that has to do with the brain gut connection. So really the grounding and coming back into a, a place where you are more, you're kind of telling your body, like, it's okay. You know, like our body can't tell the difference between a trauma response because we're feeling unsafe in our body and we're feeling triggered or like literally we're being chased by a bear and we're running away. And like, if you're running away and being chased by a bear, like your body's not super concerned with like, am I hungry? Am I full? Can I digest my meal? Like, no, like that's why your digestion stops and all of your blood flow goes from your stomach and your GI system into your extremities so that you can fight or flight. And also different parts of your brain are activated and your higher level thinking isn't happening because you're kind of back in your um, trauma response or, you know, kind of reptilian brain. So really the grounding, different grounding techniques can really help you kind of access your entire brain and tell your body, no, I'm okay. I can digest. Like my body can function as if I'm at rest and not in a triggered state. So that's usually, I try and remind people about grounding and checking in before their meals, before their snacks, being able to do body scans, really like checking in with how they're feeling physically and mentally and emotionally um, before and after every, every meal. Being able to have that interoceptive awareness is really important. It's honestly, it's like a muscle. It's a skill that you have to relearn. A lot of times because of trauma responses, we're living in, I like say, we're living from the neck up. You know, we're not necessarily connected to what else is going on. So anything that helps us be in our body a little bit, which if that feels traumatic to you, definitely working with a therapist and, or, you know, and maybe eventually a dietitian as well, um, to help you feel okay with being connected to your body is so important. And this makes me so giddy that you brought up <laughs> so many amazing points, especially the gut brain connection here. And that's, I was really, really hoping that you would touch base on that because that's exactly what's happening in yeah. postpartum, right? Mm-hmm. We are usually operating in a very high trauma state, right? We're not oh. getting the support that we need. We're not getting the sleep that we need. We're not getting the food that we need. And, and many of you who are here listening, your doulas, your midwives, you're, you're putting an end to that, right? That's why you're here totally. doing this work. And so that's beautiful and amazing. And mm-hmm. we also have to recognize that this heightened state of awareness, this is the source of so much of our anxiety. And this is the source of so much of the pain. And if we're in this space, 
right? If we're in the space of trauma and heightened nervous system function in in the wrong function area, right? Then Mm -hmm. we are essentially going to struggle with food. Yeah. No matter what, hands down. And that's Mm -hmm. why we see so much of a correlation between you know, when things don't go well mentally and emotionally that your Mm -hmm. tummy doesn't work so well either. And those totally a huge, a huge connection to be made here. So there's, there's so many key points that we can really dive into in this, but you summed it up so well. Like if this is something that you are struggling with, or you have clients who are struggling with first and foremost, get support hands Mm -hmm. down. And mm-hmm. the second, like overarching, like everything that you shared about being mindfulness, you know, tuning into your body and uh, practicing meditation, really all of that is about rebuilding your relationship with you. Totally, totally mind yeah. and body. And one, one quick thing that I, I did want to touch on because you were talking about that postpartum period where you're not getting the support sometimes that you need and the lack of connection. Sometimes when we're in, you know, experiencing that anxiety, depression, lack of sleep, all those kinds of things, we, we have hunger feeling suppressed. Other times we're looking for that comfort and connection. And sometimes we turn to food for that. And I just wanted to touch on that really briefly because we see both things happening. Just people react in different ways and both ways, you know, there's not a good or bad way to react. It's just the way that we're different people are wired. But sometimes, you know, you see it, especially during this time, you're, you know, as a, an infant, you have a negative feeling, you cry, what, what happens? You get either the bottle or the breast, you get food, you get a snuggle, you get connection, you get comfort, you have happy emotional feelings because you're getting, you know, happy chemicals in your little baby brain because of your being held, the comfort, the connection, the food that's giving you dopamine because our body like rewards us for eating when we're hungry. Like that's how it works. So From day one, comfort, connection, and food are all tied together. So it's also really normal that people will turn to food without feeling hungry, maybe in an emotional way. And emotional eating is is extremely normal. Like we all do it and we all have emotional connections to food because we have like nostalgia foods and favorite foods and all of that. But sometimes people also turn to food as a major coping mechanism. And if somebody is kind of experiencing distress by that, then that's also something that deserves support around as well. And it's not wrong. It's not bad. You're not bad for, for feeling that way. Cause it's extremely natural and normal because that's how we're hardwired as humans. But I just also wanted to say, if people are feeling very isolated and, and emotional and, and turning to food, that that's normal. And also they deserve support if that's something that they're struggling with. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And we see that often too. And -hmm. I tell my clients all the time, like food is emotional and we can't make that ever go away. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with food being emotional. Right. It's what we do with that. Right. I, those are often signals to us like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm really hungry or I'm, I'm feeling really down and out and I need something that's going to make me feel better. Right. And to be able to say, 
you know, okay, what's really going on in my body? Where am I needing the support rather than saying, okay, where's that, that chocolate bar I hid, right? There's a completely different component that we can really tap into like having this emotional response to food, which mm-hmm. is a completely biological normal. So if you yeah. hear, and I, and I hear this all the time, if you hear that you have to get rid of your emotional connection with food, run because run the other never, direction, Very never fast. going to happen. That yeah. is why we have the postpartum meals that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going back to postpartum because this is the, the conversation we're having, but totally. we're supplying this food in this nutrient dense food because totally. one, we need to refill her nutrient stores, but also because food is comfort. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're providing, we're providing that, you know, nourishment on that mind, body, and soul level through. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And we provide that to our babies and we also needed to provide it to ourselves, Yeah, you know, cause we deserve it just as much, you know? Yeah. I'm curious. Do you see that when you focus on intuitive eating, that it often expands the intuition overall, like well beyond yeah. food? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intuitive eating, there's, you know, over, I think 140, 150 studies on all the benefits of, of intuitive eating. And some of them are physiological and have to do with, you know, your biomarkers or your variety of foods that you consume. But there's also a lot showing better, just aware, awareness of our body in general, that interoceptive awareness, better appreciation for our bodies, more kind of self-esteem, self-confidence, valuing other things about ourselves that aren't just the way that we look in a mirror or the number on the scale. There's so many other benefits. Also just not self-silencing, like self-silencing and eating disorders and disordered eating are so highly correlated that actually, you know, and that's one of the big things I love to talk about is, you know, and I'm sure you, I know you do too, is advocating for yourself, knowing your body and then advocating for it knowing yourself and advocating for yourself. And that's also really important. So introceptive awareness, just in general, like, you know, you check in with your hunger and fullness cues, but you should also like do a body scan of like, okay, am I feeling pain? Where's my pain coming from? Like, you know, do like, how am I, how am I feeling emotionally? How am I feeling physically? What would make me feel good today? And, And all of that kind of awareness, I think just like kind of accepting where we're at right now in this moment or today and being able to like, then be like, okay, what do I need today? I I feel like, you know, intuitive eating becomes intuitive living in that sense as well, you know, which, which I love, you know, and one of the reasons I'm such a big proponent of it is that, you know, sometimes we have to just look at where we're at one day. And is it always like, you know, I'm a lot more tired than I wish that I was today because I wanted to get more stuff done. And it's like, that's okay. It's just where you're at today. Not where you're going to be at forever. You know, just, just meet yourself where you're at. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's just where you are today. You know, you never know what's going on with your body. You could be, you know, fighting something off or gearing up for something. We don't know. We just have to like, see it, accept it, take care of it, move on. Yes. Yes. Hands down. I often see in my work, and I'm so glad that you see it too, is that food is really the beginning, right? So we have so much access to information within our body 
through the use of food, right? Because it's not just, you know, when, when we're talking about nourishing our bodies, right? So much comes up, right? So much neglect we've given ourselves so much trauma that's happened into our lives, right? All of these things can come roaring up and, and when we focus on on food as a fundamental healing tool, it's it's just absolutely amazing. So in closing, this has been a fabulous conversation. What is one thing that you wish every birth and postpartum professional knew? What a great question. I wish that every professional knew that you know, every woman's body has been on a journey, is going to continue going on a journey. It doesn't have anything to do with their body size, um, with how their body looks. It's, you know, just, just supporting the woman where she's at, because you, you can't tell anything about somebody's mental or physical health by, looking at them, looking at their body and, you know, health, health comes in, in all different forms and we should just respect every woman's body and not kind of place any expectations on, you know, where their body's journey is, what kind of health they're experiencing now and where their body is you know, what their body is going to do next and just encourage people to know their bodies, know themselves, advocate for themselves, have regular self-care and really support them in listening to themselves and having that guide what health means for them. Because health is different for every person. And one of the great places in which we can start that journey is with ourselves. Yeah. And making it known within us and who we are as birth and postpartum professionals in this field and setting that example of, you know, it's okay that I'm here in this space and I have my own journey and mm-hmm. I am learning to love my body throughout the process and grow and, and experience this as, as is in, as intended for myself. So take that yeah. into consideration as you, as you move through this. So thank you so much, Alyssa, where can we find you and the information that you provide? Yes, I have a group practice called nourished with kindness. So our website is nourished with an ED nourished with And you can find me on Instagram at nourished with kindness. And I think we're on Facebook as well. Probably not as active. All of your links are going to be included (laughs) here. So you guys don't have to go browse or go try and search her out. Just simply click on the links below this video. Thank you so much, Elisa. It has been an absolute pleasure to have yet another fantastic conversation with you. Thanks for tuning in and taking the time to learn about how to support your body in deep healing. We don't do this work just for us or for you. Your healing impacts your children, your relationships, and your community. We do this work because the health and vibrancy of our world begins with its mothers. I hope you have taken some valuable information today and applied it to your own life. If you aren't sure where to begin, reach out about working together one-on-one or at minimum learning about my postpartum nutrition plan which is where I start every single one of my clients. And you can do that by going to mirandabauer.com. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know by leaving a review and we will see you next time.